0: Hey guys, we are back. Um, we've been been excited to get back to you. I've been excited to get back to you. Here I am with one of my close friends, this guy named Jacob Brown. Hey, Jacob.
1: Hey, how's it going, Marcus?
0: It's going well. It's going well. And uh, we're we are here with a little bonus episode, a little bit different from uh, anything else. This is where we're getting to a little bit of the, of the Q&A side of this this podcast. Again, uh, my goal and intention, my well, when first thing of this idea was to produce at least six episodes. So uh, this is going to be a little bonus episode outside of those six I originally uh, envisioned, which is a good thing, I think. I uh, hope, uh, hope you guys like to hear this perspective on these questions we got ready to be to asked and be explored out through the biblical text. Um, uh, first off, going to kind of do a little Q&A with Jacob here so he gets to be introduced to mm-hmm. him. Uh, Jacob, uh, why are you here? Why are you doing what you do?
1: Oh man! So first of all, thank you for the opportunity to just be on the podcast. Um, and I remember, I remember, I remember just the day we were planning this, and I remember the day Austin texted me and was like, "Hey, we should start a podcast." And mostly the main reason why I look at a, a podcast or anything like that is just because I know for me recently, some of the biggest things that I do and one of the ways that that's been helping me grow in my walk with Christ have been things like podcasts. Um, like for instance, um, I do like to go to the gym. I haven't been in a while, but I need to get back into it. But, um, when I like to work out, sometimes I play music, but a big majority of the time I like to listen to like sermons. Um, very specifically, I love listening to like, I either ask pastor John or the sermon of the day podcast by John Piper. Um, I, I don't know why, but John Piper just has a way with, words and just a way of just explaining the gospel that even when i'm working out it just helps me to understand like the gospel helps me understand the bible but it's been very applicable in my walk with christ specifically and with that like i know for me i love podcasts and i know a lot of people in my major my classrooms uh, and just like really close friends of mine that's all they listen to is podcast yeah. so yeah. i think i look at podcasts as just a brand new way to just get the gospel out there. Um, let Christ be known and also just help Christians grow in their walk is through things like podcasts. Um, we know a lot of people want to start them. A lot of people that are very interested and love them. And yeah, I think this is just a good way to just like reach a younger audience, reach a younger generation by starting to rise up and just help them see the gospel and help them see yeah. Christ
0: in a new way. Yeah. Uh, so Jacob alongside with me is a, is a college student. I don't know if it's appropriate to give out or go to college. I'm not really worried about people like getting in the personal business, but <laughs> yes. I guess for a safety measure, I'm not going to say exact college. Mm-hmm. We are currently Our campus's library. So uh, hopefully, um, I say that to say that, how old are you, Jacob? I'm 22 years old. I'm 22 as well, and uh, we'll get Jacob's blood type and his social security number, all that good stuff later, so <laughs> his identity. I have but, a card right in front of me, I can tell you.
1: Yeah, we're,
0: we're going to give all that good stuff out, so we, we know exactly who's who, but um we say that because i've been walking with jesus for 6 years how long have you been walking with jesus
1: um about about a year i got saved when i was 21 years old
0: yeah so yeah yeah i was i was actually that's a good story we'll we we'll kind of maybe get into that a little bit later okay. uh cuz that that's a that's a that's one of the more memorable stories for myself um we're we're not theologians we're not john Pipers or any <laughs> Uh, of the pastors that you yeah. kind of see on the on the big stage, yeah. So uh, again, I uh, read the, the title name. I know nothing but Christ, and uh, we just know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. So this is the perspective we're going off of uh, from our generation's perspective. Not not seeking to be too, I guess, overwhelming or overly sophisticated. I know I'm not a genius. Uh, Jacob, are you register to be a super genius. Sadly not. I, th- no. I think
1: I just did terrible on the exam today. So.
0: Uh, just myself so, today. We're this is this is not something unachievable. We're just sharing what we know. So uh, we're gonna take a little small break here. Then we're gonna get to more talking about and then and meeting Jacob here with us real quick and talking about some of his stories. Then we're gonna get to some uh, questions. So uh, please stick around and thank you for being here. Alright. It should be another seamless transition. I think I'm getting good with the transitions, guys, with the, the pauses and the and the breaks. Uh hopefully when I uh, get some people to educate me and put some music like overlap and do a little in the in the back kind like music playing in the background. There you go. Yeah,
1: there you go. There, there you go. go.
0: No copyright music allowed um, so I uh, wanna wanna get into it with you, Jacob. So how did how did your salvation to, to Christ, how did how did that come about? How do you start believing in this this resurrected Jesus? Yeah.
1: So um, a little bit about me. Um, I'm from a small town in Mississippi called Columbia. Um, very small, but also with that, um, with me also growing up in the Bible Belt area and just that small of a town, you like it's kind of it's kind of like a tradition to go to church every Sunday and Wednesday. And that's what my family did. I grew up in church my entire life. Uh, I knew the, I knew the church. I knew the Bible. I knew all those things. And I was there probably any the doors were open, doors were closed. Um, my dad was the children's minister at the church, so I was there with him, and he was, he was always teaching my classes, so I was like, so I always had that moment. Where I was like, my dad's gonna be in the class teaching me, but I remember uh, when I was eight years old, um, a lot of my friends were going to get baptized, and I thought that was like the coolest thing ever was to go, was to go walk from the church, yeah. tell them you're getting saved, didn't know what being saved meant, and getting, getting baptized, so I wanted to do that too, and I remember when I went to go talk to my pastor and And my pastor just asking me salvation, all he did was just ask me questions. And I was able to answer the questions very well. And my eight year old mind thought, is this it? Like, is this how I get saved? Is by knowing the Bible, by like understanding the Bible, understanding what church is. So I was like, okay, cool. So with me being eight years old, I just assumed that my salvation was not in Christ Jesus, but it was in. Like, how much I know about the Bible and how much I'm in church. So, like, after I got, after I got quote unquote saved and baptized, I just did the same thing. I just went to church on Sundays and Wednesdays, but outside of church, I did whatever I wanted to do. Um, If I wanted to go to church, I would go to church. If I wanted to read my Bible, I would. But if I wanted to go hang out with my friends instead and do things I shouldn't be doing, I did that instead. And a lot of those things happened. And you would think that, well, me growing up me growing up in there and my parents taking me to church, but I grew up in a Christian family, but my family also sort of lived up the same faith. And I was going to church on Sundays and Wednesdays with being totally different people outside of church. And it led to a lot of just arguments. Um, I didn't have a very healthy family. Um, a lot of arguments, a lot of just disagreements and a lot of fights and just a lot that happened there. Um, didn't really didn't really help my faith shape well, but also didn't help me look at faith because just being so young, I thought okay, well, if my parents are also living that way too, like that's what their faith is, but I'm gonna believe that that's what faith is. That's what it means to live as a Christian is I'm just gonna like do what my parents did like just live how they lived. So that's what I did. Um, I lived like that and I was growing up in school um, and when I got into middle school, I um went to go stay at a friend's house one night. And at that friend's house, he just showed me like his phone. He said, "Yo, dude, look at this," and it and it was pornography. And I remember that night was the night it started. Um, I started I started to have a very very crippling addiction to pornography, and it got to a point where I just couldn't stop watching. I couldn't stop going to it, and it was like my life. And it altered the way I thought about how relationships work and how these things and like how just life works. So when I got into high school, um, I, yeah, I went to church still on Sundays and Wednesdays, but all I wanted to be, I, I just wanted to be in a relationship. I wanted to date somebody. I, like, I love the idea of a relationship. I wanted to date somebody, but as it turns out, I just could not keep myself in in, like, a steady, serious, healthy relationship. I kept getting myself into just small ones that ended so quickly because either, like, interest burned out or, just stuff just didn't happen. And again, like again, like just with like the pornography addiction with all this happening, so much was going on in high school and all of that just came crashing down my senior year of high school. And um I started I started school off strong, was excited for what was to come and then there was just one day I just didn't feel right. I felt kinda of sad about something and um just I remember I just felt really upset about something, felt really defeated about something for some reason. I did not know what that feeling was. I couldn't shake it. And I thought that was just like, okay, well maybe i was just having a bad day. And then the next day it didn't. It stayed. And I thought it was because, oh, maybe I need to be in a relationship. But it was just a weird season in my life where nobody wanted to date me or be in a relationship with me. Um, and I remember that's when um like I, I was like, okay, well, maybe maybe something maybe maybe I should watch porn again and stay back in that again, and it was just making it worse. Um, I started realizing that that what was happening was I was struggling with depression a lot, and I couldn't realize it. And it got and I started realizing it when it got to the point of no return where I was laying in bed all day. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to even drink water. Like nothing really satisfied me. Nothing really made me happy anymore. Um, and I just try to sleep all day, stay in my bed, never wanted to guess, never, never wanted to go to school, didn't even want to go to church anymore, just kind of gave up, and I remember in that time, I was like, okay, well, maybe, maybe I should try God again, maybe I should try God again, so I started doing, like, these random, like, devotions on the Bible app, and started, like, reading my Bible, but the problem was, like, I wasn't trying to read it as, like, as, like, how to grow as a Christian, or any of these things, but I was reading it to be happy, or Reading it, hoping that, well, maybe if I try God again, God will make everything work out for me. This will happen. This will happen. This will happen. But it's just crazy how God just kept closing doors and saying no. And senior year, me just did not like that. I got really upset. I got really frustrated at God, and I was just asking, like, well, God, like, why is this happening? Like, like, do you not love me? Um, and it made me question, does God even love me? It made me even have a lot of like questions of like am I good enough for somebody or like am I even good enough for God in the first place um that was just that was a lot and like it's a very tough thing but that sets up like like the future because after graduation I um wanted to go to the big university um but I ended up going to one of the smallest junior colleges in the state it's called Southwest Mississippi Community College and um like luck would have it I get there and my roommate is the BSU president Um, and I remember he had me come to the BSU and I was getting more involved in like the Baptist Student Union like the campus ministry events and everything and um, I told myself I would go mainly because my mom wanted me to go and I said okay mom whatever you want but I immediately just started like falling in love with that place just like the gospel and everything there was being preached there was being spoken there and it just sounded really good and I just felt something was calling me towards that area, drawing me there. And I wanted to just stay there. Um, and I remember in that time, that's when, uh, like the, my time at Southwest, it was two years. And I remember that time, the Lord just started like convicting me of the truth. and started revealing the truth of this gospel and started telling me that, um, start, started making me question like, okay, well, was my salvation even genuine when I was eight? Because I was looking back at, like I said, like when I was a senior, I struggled with depression. Or, when I was struggling with my pornography addiction and all these things and I didn't want to be a Christian at all and I didn't want to do all these things for Christ. And like I started realizing all this stuff that was happening and I started realizing that man, like, man, like was God in all of this? And, and like what is the truth behind this? And I started hearing the gospel being revealed to me and I started being convicted about my salvation not being real when I was eight and started asking myself, was I even saved in the first place? And I want to say that, yeah, in that moment, I went to my issue director, went to my roommate and told him I'm not saved. How do I be saved? And became a Christian. But that wasn't the case because. Um, when I was when I was there, the problem was fear started creeping in and I started realizing that. I started questioning myself, asking myself, what, like, what if I lose all my friends? What if people laugh at me? What if people make fun of me? What if. Um, all these things happen because I tell them, hey guys, so this has been a lie. I'm not a Christian because, like I, like I said, I grew up in church, and yeah, I was a different person outside of church, and all these things were happening outside of the church. But at church, like I was the big man. Like I led the Bible studies. I was I was known in my youth group. Um, I've even spoke in front of my church one time. Like like I've led Bible studies. I knew the scripture. I knew the word, and like I was even on lead team at the BSU at Southwest at one point, like I was playing the part of a Christian and I was scared of confessing to my, to my friends and telling them I was just playing a part. I don't, I don't think I have genuine faith in Christ. So I let that fear control me and I just held it aside and didn't tell anybody. And just, again, just kept trying to do the church thing. Um, I went from not caring about God, anything to just, you know what, let me work myself up now. So, that so that hopefully this fear will go away and then I will be, like, I will hopefully, like, when I get to heaven, God will be like, man, like, look at all these good things you did, Jacob, you'll get to go to heaven, so I started doing the church things more, I got more involved in church, and worked in the church, served the church, I even went and worked huge camps for one summer, I was doing all these amazing things, um, but then, uh, I transferred, I went to the college I'm at now, and just there, like, I came back from camp on, on fire for Christ, um, all these things were happening, and immediately just hit a brick wall when I got here because um, the roommates I had when I was here weren't helping me grow closer to Christ. But um, in fact, we actually wanted to get into the party scene and wanted to drink and do all these things. We didn't we 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 weren't really interested in church or interested in those things, and um, I was I wanted to go along with them. But it's crazy when I got here and I started the the party. Um, the depression that I had as a senior started coming back and hitting me, and there was one night I felt as low as ever, and I just felt like, I felt like crap, literally. Felt terrible and didn't know what to do. And I remember the first time in a while, I prayed to God, and I was like, God, like, why is this feeling on me? Like, am I not doing enough? Or, like, what's going on? I'm like, God, like, please just tell me what's going on. And I remember going to bed that night, and I just felt the Lord just tell me, like, you need to talk to someone about this. Like, you need to talk to somebody. So, texted, texted a, um, a youth pastor by the name of Scott Johnson, texted him, and, um, th- this is a very funny part of the story, I know this is very long, but, uh, but, uh, I had to take a final, I took my final exam, and then as soon as I've done the final exam, I got in my truck and drove straight to the church to go talk to my youth pastor, and he's just, me and him were just talking about something, and I was just asking him that, um, like, how do I know that I'm saved, like, like, I've been struggling a lot with these things, and, like, I don't know what's going on, and, he just looks at me and says, well, man, like before we get into uh, before we talk about these things, I need you to answer this question because your answer to this question is going to determine what we're going to talk about today. And he just goes, he just asked me the question, has there, has there ever been a moment in your life where God called you and said, Jacob, you need to be saved? And you responded. And in the moment i Wanted to say that oh I looked at him and said, Oh, well there was this moment when I was eight and I realized the gospel, but that wasn't that wasn't it. And I told him the truth. I said I said, I can't think of a moment on top of my head. And from that moment we talked about salvation, we talked about the gospel, we talked about the truth. And I shared basically what I'm sharing right now, but it was probably more long and drawn out because I'm very long-winded. But um I was sharing that with him and he just he just looks at me and says, Well well like what makes you think that you're saved? And I just told him, Well, um, I was a Bible study leader at Fuge Camps for a summer. I was on the leadership team at my BSU's campus, like the campus ministry on at Southwest. Um, I've spoken in churches before. I've led Bible studies. Um I know these Bible verses. I was sharing a lot of works aspect things and sharing a lot of like like things that I've done. And he just looks at me and goes, Man, none of those things can save you. And I just sat back and I just asked him, What do you mean by that? And he and he and he just said, Works can't save you. If you get to heaven, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be the question of do you know the father so much to get into heaven? It's gonna be the question, does the father know you? Like if the father does not know you, you're not getting into heaven. And the only way for the father to know you is to know his son, Jesus Christ, and what he did for you. And to just sum up the conversation we had, I realized in that moment that um, from eight years old to to now, I've been trying so hard to live life on my own, do my own thing. And I was trying to build up the faith in myself, thinking that I can do it. I'm enough. I am strong enough. I'm smart enough. I can do these things and, and, and get to heaven by myself. And the Lord, it took me 21 years to realize, but the Lord was teaching me the truth that you can't do this on your own. You can't save yourself. And the f- truth is you're not enough. And the strength of we the strength that, that we have cannot hold us up. It cannot save us. And you can't do this on your own. And I realized how important it is to have Christ in your life. But also I saw that through the many times I've struggled with depression and pornography and shouted at gossip nights and asked them, like, God, do you even love me? God, do you even care about me? I've been reminded that in Romans 5, 8, it says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And it says before that, that that's how God demonstrates his love for us. And just in that moment, I was completely overwhelmed how much, how much God loves me, that his own son, Jesus Christ, came and died for me. And God knew from the beginning that I could not save myself. And that I the knew knew the knew what I deserved, knew the punishment I deserved. But Christ took what I deserved. And in that moment, I, that moment I gave my life to Christ there because I realized that I can't do this on my own. I need a perfect savior in my life that can save me. So I gave my life to Christ there. Christ saved me. And now I have been. Walking more and more, just striving to be more in love with Christ and who he is and not striving to build myself up as a person or try to do things on my own and not trying to do, not trying to be so focused on the, works as, on the works aspect or building myself up by works, but simply just doing everything out of love for Christ and wanting to glorify him.
0: Amen. I know. Um, Actually, the, the the day I realized this was a was a funny, I guess, interaction for me um, after I didn't get this whole story like you guys just did. I forget exactly. Maybe like after a basketball game or something, we decided to go to cookout and I was driving by a car by myself and they were going to meet me there. Him and a couple other friends. You guys already know Austin and some other people haven't exactly introduced on the podcast yet, but we get there. And, you know, you usually shake people's hand, you dap them up, and you say, "What's up, man?" And I, I get to dap up like, "Hey, man, I got saved today." And it's like I just froze, and I was like, "What?"
1: <laughs> I, I remember, I remember visually just your jaw hitting the floor, <laughs> and you just looked at me and said, "For real?" <laughs> and I was like,
0: "Yeah, like for real." It, it took a it took a minute for the the wheels to get rolling on the wagon inside of my head. Um, yeah. But what a what an amazing story of of what jesus looks like for in, in the life of jacob and the amazing thing about uh christianity and we'll get to the questions here in a, in a little bit the amazing thing about christianity is you take the the cords of people's lives and you knit it all together and it all finds its, its culmination its completeness and this guy named jesus like mm-hmm. uh me and jacob are different colors we're from go from different backgrounds different family lives we have some stuff you know relating to us but for the large part, it's mostly different, but this guy yeah. named Jesus is able to take both of those stories and intertwine them together yeah. in, this, in this wonderful tapestry. And then even more amazing, it's not just for Mississippians or like even Americans or Europeans, it's 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 for the whole world and every tribe and every people. Yeah. So we're going to take a break um, and going to go right into discussing more questions. And again, thank you, Jacob, for, for being on the podcast and sharing that awesome story. Yeah. Thank you so much. So we are we are back for this this next segment of Q and A with uh, Jacob Brown. So um, we're looking back to to Jacob's testimony and him explaining a lot of things. Uh, he, Jacob comes from a background that kind of grew up near or around the church, and, that, and that's the most thing for uh, most people growing up on the on the Bible. But I myself uh, didn't I, I didn't uh, really attend a church till I was uh, 16, and I get the most media exposure of of Christianity that came from like you know, Adult Swim, Family Guy episodes of, of depicting Jesus, or maybe like uh, South Park, those kind of things. But I still shouldn't be watching as a kid. That's a that's a different uh, I mean, the we, story. I mean,
1: we all had that one show. We just, we, we shouldn't have been watching as a kid.
0: Yeah, you yeah, got you got exposed to it, and, yeah. and you just couldn't you just couldn't help it. So Jacob said uh, some some things in, in his testimony that they kind of refer back to. So Jacob, um, you said that you didn't want to to engage inter- in any church activities anymore uh, from I guess we come from a, a lot of people who say they've been church hurt before and other stuff along those measures. So why why is church important to go to and, and what even what is a church before that?
1: Yeah. So obviously uh, um church church in the simplest simplest definition I could possibly give for it is that church is just a it's just a meeting of believers. Um the way that I look at churches, it is a it is a place to go and just like as a like as a community of believers to worship and glorify God, but to also hear from somebody, preach God's word and to hear God's word and to grow in God's word. But specifically, just a time to worship him, give gratitude and love to God
0: corporately, like like as a community of believers. Um, and why is it why is it important to do? corporately especially why, why can't i just worship god on me you know me jesus in my pickup truck i I heard that saying before why can't i just take my pickup truck and go worship jesus by myself and not engage it with anybody else yeah.
1: so um and i had the same question too when I, when I when i got saved first i was like okay so what's the importance of church because i because i was going to a church i was going to a church for like a while in hattiesburg and was really enjoying it but after getting saved and realizing, like, the truth of church and the truth of, like, oh, I was enjoying it because of, like, the big flashy things and everything, um, I kept asking myself, like, well, what's the importance of church? Like, why do I keep going back to this? And in all, in all honesty, like, there's nothing wrong with, like, listening to worship music by yourself in your car. There's nothing wrong with, like, listening to, like, like sermons. Like I said earlier, like, I listen to I listen to a lot of sermons while, while I'm working out or I listen to sermons while I'm having a long drive. And those are moments to worship God and to grow closer to God. But I think the most important thing about church is that church is where a lot of growth as a Christian can happen. And, and let me explain a little bit. So, so I think in the church, that is where you find growth. That is also where you find discipleship. And that's where you find not only God's word being preached and not only where you get to worship God, but it's being taught and it's helping either new or old believers understand god's more word more and more and more and i like let me say for instance like let's say a um let's say a newborn issue like like it's a newborn baby and you put like like you put like a bottle of milk right beside it and say all right feed yourself like the baby's not gonna know what to do mm. with like the bottle of milk like it's not even gonna know how to grab it or anything like that it needs someone right right alongside it to help it like like be able to like like have milk. And we see like Paul like talk about newborn Christians about how like like they're supposed to have milk and then eventually just gradually get into like like whole food. But like for for the Christian, for them to like learn God's word, for them to grow in God's word and for them to understand it. Um some of them like we have the Bible to read and understand. But if you're a newborn Christian and you're just trying to read the Bible by yourself, um and you're not doing, and you're not, you're not like going to like a community of believers or going to church to hear it be preached so that you can understand it more. If you're just trying to do it on your own, it's a struggle right there already. Because while you're trying to read the word by it by yourself, you can look at the Bible and look at what it's saying, and honestly have a lot of trouble and a lot of like problems trying to understand like what it's saying because you're trying to do it by yourself. You're trying to like Let's well, say if I got my Bible and decided like as a newborn Christian, I was sitting like in my car and I'm reading something from like one of the gospels and it's something that Jesus is saying. And and like I'm trying to like understand what Jesus is saying, but I chalk it up to what my mind was saying, what I would say is is saying, that can be a that can be a problem because that probably is not what Jesus is saying. But like I said, like we're doing it by ourselves. And when we do it by ourselves, it's hard to understand it. So that's one of the biggest things that I believe is the biggest importance of church is that it helps you be shepherd. It helps you grow closer to Christ as you have the word of God. Not only can preached preach to you, but you have someone explaining the word of God so that you as a Christian can help understand it and grow and take it. And also outside of church, apply it to your lives as well. Yep.
0: I also want to uh, encourage you if uh, you're new to Christianity or, or you're not so sold and you feel like oh, churches like ones are full of just hypocrites and people are going to judge me for my reaction. Um first church is not necessarily where a building is located, but more or rather to take the point Jacob made in saying it's a body, a group of believers who get together. Or yeah. organize and want to to worship these more more or less not on the building more about who the person you're with and yeah. and and who you're and who you're speaking about or who you are choosing to follow. Uh, don't want to nerd out and go too much into early church history, yeah. but look at look in the book of Acts. They didn't really have a.
1: I also want to add that, like especially me, like yeah, you know, like I had trouble I had trouble with the because I was going to a church in Harrisburg before I was saved. They became saved, and. Um, was questioning for a while, like, do I want to stay at this church? And like why am I going to this church in the first place? And and like like, I remember like I I shared that earlier, but I didn't really get to bring that up. But like yes, like one of the main things that helped me stay at that church and keep going to that church. And actually get so involved and now like I'm doing children's ministry there now. Has been um has been the amazing college pastor that's there that um he's been he's been teaching the word of God very, very well on Wednesday nights to help me understand it. But also, I know that he is somebody I can go to for questions, go for help, go for advice. And he's, he's always there to provide scripture, and provide the word. But also, it's a place where I can worship God with other people. But also, another big thing that helped me love the church was the community of believers that I found there, specifically. Um, because when, when I looked back at what my friend group is, like my Christian friend group that like I, I go to for encouragement, I go to for accountability. And I just go with straight, like, hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you pray for me? It's all been people that I've met at the church, like at the church that I go to. And like, obviously, like, obviously, you can find those friends anywhere. You can find them at at your BSU on your college campus. You can find anything. But the church is a great place to go find that, to go find a community of believers that can be with you, help you grow in your walk with Christ, and to also encourage you, pray for you keep you accountable. Basically, like like the church helps introduce things like that to your life so that you can continuously run this race for Christ.
0: And uh, the words were taken out of my mouth. The next point we're going to be uh, about with people holding you accountable in life. Mm. Um, I think, especially in our society, we kind of keep this mind track of Know, let me make my own decisions and let me fix my own way and yeah. i don't really have too many people who are accountable in life i think even like disney tv shows and stuff you always see like a rebellious kid going against their parents advice and they somehow yeah. end up being right in the long run their parents were wrong uh, that's not typically the case the more the older you get the more you realize your parents are right about more stuff than yeah. than not <laughs> and uh that's that's kind of what church is your is your family is your family coming together and telling you not to make bad decisions and encouraging one another, not to make bad decisions when it comes to, to following Jesus and following Jesus is, is really hard. Uh, and it comes with many challenges and many temptations. Like I want to go do whatever I want to do. But when I'm surrounded by people who are following Jesus who are on fire for Jesus, who I can, I can tell uh, you know, the struggles I'm going through, whatever they may be. Uh, it can be something in like I'm doing something wrong or like just financially wise or like especially back in the early days, I got persecuted. So you needed yeah. each other. So yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a family to lean back on. I'm not you're not going to go to hell if you don't never step into a church door, but you believe in, in, in Jesus and, and what he did for you. But you certainly will live a harder life. So yeah. don't don't make it harder for yourself. Uh, finding a good group of people who you can rely on, who are going to tell you the truth in Christ, is yeah. it's essential, and we'll get more into that coming uh, later mm-hmm. episodes. Plus, it's it's I mean, it's in the in the Bible, of course. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna talk about it. um So, mm-hmm. uh, and and the next thing to to kind of hit on, we we keep mentioning, uh, I guess, small glimpses of the authority of this Bible here. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible. The Well to explain that the bible is is sixty six books then it's composed of a thing called Old Testament and New Testament. um they have different uh, categories of books from or good, different genres of writing going from uh, narrative writing to to poetry to to wisdom literature to letters <laughs> getting to read people's mail in, in the end chapters of the Bible to some apoptic lit- literature going to the the end of it. And, uh, Mm -hmm. the reason why this has authority, we believe that is, it is, it is God's, we believe that is God's word for his people. Uh, the reason why Jacob says that, uh, Hey, I'm going to, this good for me to go learn what this Bible says or how to understand it. Hey, that's why we're here too, doing this this (laughs) podcast. Uh, uh, and going with me, you should be going through Genesis right now, unless I'm, unless I'm slacking. (laughs) So, uh. The reason this holds authority is how you discern the will of God and you see it played out. It's not going to be just open up to you and saying, um, you know, here, Jacob, go, go take this job today. But it's more you read people's life stories, their interactions of what God did in the past and some of what God's going to do in the future. And you get an ideal and picture a window of this is what God wants me to do in life. You have this this friend, this comforter called the Holy Spirit, which is literally the Spirit of God who comes and dwells inside believers, leading us in guiding us. It's the very presence of Jesus here with us. And um, that's that's the that's the authority of the Bible. That's why we read it. And we'll get again get more into that. Just give yeah. you little glimpses and trying to answer some some hidden questions right off the bat. So um Jacob, I believe we're running out of time for this this episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's anything that uh, you want to you want to Speak on a little bit more. We have a few more minutes to to go. Anything you want to add on?
1: Um. Yeah. So I was just gonna say that again. Like, just know that, like, me and Demarcus, we we love questions. We love talking about Jesus. And we love talking about how much we love Him. But just know that we are constantly, constantly going in my walk, in our walk with Yes. Christ. Yes. Um. Like I said, like my testimony, like I struggled with pornography and I struggled with um. I struggle a lot with depression too. Um, there are some days where like depression still comes back up, comes back up in my life. It's not as severe as it used to be, but it still comes back some days. And then there are still some days where either lustful temptation or, like will overcome me, and I some days will fall back back to pornography. But like I will say that the more and more I get into the Word, the more and more I read my Bible. But just in all honesty, the more I see about how much God loves me and just see the truth of his word and see how good he is, it's just crazy that like there have been less and less days where where depression has been there for me. Um, the temptation to watch porn hasn't been as strong as it used to be. And it's not because oh, I'm growing as a mature human being or anything like that, but it's just because like I've grown more in love with God's word and some scripture to really back that up with because I've been loving this verse. It's been one of my favorite verses because it just reminds me of the truth. And it just reminds me of like, why am I doing all these things? Like, why do I, why do I read my Bible? Why do I pray? Why do I want to go to church? Why do I want to serve in the church? And like, why do I even want to do things like this podcast? Why, why do we want to do all these things? Um, And it's in, it's in a book, First John, chapter 4, verse 10, John says, this is love. Not that we love God, but that God loves us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. I think it's just very important um, to just remember like, if you are a Christian and you may be struggling in your faith or you may be struggling with sins in your life and everything, just know that in the times where we are faithless, God is faithful. He loved us from the beginning and He's still holding on to you fast. That's a reminder that. I have to tell myself every single day that Christ holds me fast. And even when my faith fails, or even when I struggle and I fail and I fall, Christ will hold me fast. And that gives me the confidence and that gives me the faith to keep going throughout my day. But also it gives me more and more of a desire every day to just be in his word and be in prayer. So that's for any Christian that's struggling, but also for the non-Christian, for those who may be reading this or watching this and are not saved or in all honesty you may be you may have heard my testimony you may be asking yourself the question am i like like am i am i truly saved that's a question only the lord can answer and i do pray that the lord does reveal that to your heart and just shows that truth to you but if there's anything i can i can just show you um just see the love for us like see the love that we have for christ and just know that that's not this isn't crazy this isn't anything like this but this just again just shows like how radical we are for christ but no, for any non-believers that are listening to this just i hope we, we hope and pray you understand and just see how much god loves you Amen. and that um while we were still sinners christ died for us and christ can save anyone it doesn't matter where you're from doesn't matter what you've done um It doesn't matter what you've done. Christ will, like God will take your sin and cast it to the cross that Christ died on. If you just come to him in faith and come to believe him as Lord and Savior.
0: You will hold me fast. And uh, thank you, Jacob, again. And we're going to take our final break and then we're going to be wrapping things up and saying our goodbyes. So uh, this is where we say our goodbye, dear listeners. Uh, Again, I want to thank Jacob. For, for speaking and giving his testimony and yeah. uh, exploring some questions with us here. Uh, we here at I Know Nothing But Christ, we believe—actually, uh, in the beginning, I said, I know nothing that's going to be the name of it, but that name was taken, unfortunately, so <laughs> it's I Know Nothing But Christ. Yes. We here at I Know Nothing But Christ, uh, we we believe that this, this Jewish man, um, this Jewish man who was definitely a man but absolutely more than a man named Jesus, He was a teacher and a healer, but far more than that. We believe that um, God in the flesh came in the form of this man named Jesus and that he died. Uh, He lived, well, he lived a perfect life. And he went around healing and teaching and proclaiming the good news of the the kingdom of God that's coming here on earth again. And uh, he he got crucified. He, He died a brutal death. But yet he said that. He would die. And that death was for not for him, his own evil, but it's for our evil and our sin that we unleash on the world every day. And I don't you don't need to be an expert. You just look on the news for for an hour or 30 minutes and you see that the world is crumbling apart. And it's not really one person's fault. It's multiple people's fault all at the same time. It's a, the decision of eight billion selfish people in the world making uh just terrible decisions, and Jesus died for all of that. Yeah, and and more than that, He resurrected after three days, and He gives eternal life to all who believe in in that message and His teachings. And yeah. as a Christian, we we seek to follow the, the teachings of Jesus, and we wait for His arrival. That He's going to come back, and He's going to redeem redeem us all. Yeah. So that's the yeah. that's the beauty of the of the gospel. John three sixteen says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever shall believe Him shall not perish but have eternal life." And that's the message we proclaim to you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any questions, please email us at I know nothing but Christ at Gmail dot com. Uh, that is I know nothing but Christ at Gmail dot com. And uh, we're looking forward to more questions for Sar that we have the, the a little bit on the shorter side of the episode. Um, we're going to have Jacob back here with again, us again, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we're definitely looking forward to that. Jacob, you want to say anything to the viewers to, to partake? Oh, man. I thought you were talking
1: a little but yeah. Uh... If you, you already know by now, I can be very long-winded, but um, I'd rather be long-winded than, than lead things out that God has just been speaking in my heart. But yeah, uh just want to say again, thank you for the opportunity to just come on this and just speak and just share. Um, man, like I love talking about the Lord. I love talking about how the Lord saved me and how just how good he's been. And just, just to reiterate what Marcus said, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I think that's a, it's a, it's a verse that anyone can quote, anyone can say, but it has so much truth. It just reminds us how much God loves us, but how believing in the son, believing in Jesus Christ and what he's done and confessing him as his, as your Lord and Savior, you are saved and you have eternal life. All right. That's
0: it. Yeah. see you guys next time. Hopefully, uh, get some more episodes posted out so you guys don't, uh, you guys hear from us more. Uh, please let us know what you think about the episodes. And hey, don't forget to email.